from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast on NBC. Not really NBC. It's on CNN. It's on CNN. <laughs> NNC. Fake I'm Perry. Ti- fake Tiny House. Fake Tiny House. Oh, there you go. I'm Michelle. FTC. And this FTC. is Mark. And this is Perry, again. Hashtag fake Tiny House. Fake Tiny House. Fake Tiny House news. <laughs> How's everybody? <laughs> That's what that was referencing. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I could tell you could get it. No, I totally missed it. <laughs> it's, it's still early. <laughs> it's still early. Too early. Mm-hmm. How are you, Perry? <laughs> I'm okay. It's uh, a weird morning this morning. I woke up from a dream um, laughing. Mm. I, it was just the funniest dream. Do you remember it? I do, but Would it won't like make it? sense if I share it. It will make no sense whatsoever. Really? Mm-hmm. You can't leave the listeners hanging. Okay. I was, in a, I was in a conference, a meeting with a bunch of people dressed like they were in the Hunger Games in the city. And... This one woman who looked like um, Jessica Lange, who happens to be the woman who effed up the, uh, I think it was Jessica Lange, who effed up the nominee for... for oh, uh, Faye Dunaway. Oh, it was, that's yeah. who it was. Yeah. Looked like Faye Dunaway. Um, she came in. Uh, I tackled her and started beating the hell out of her. <laughs> and then she started laughing and I started laughing. And the rest of the conference, the meeting conference attendees were like rolling their eyes going, they do this every time. Oh, that's kind of funny. But... <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I weird. don't even know where to go with that one. Right? It just but doesn't make any. Speaking <laughs> of Hunger Games, last night I was talking to my kids about who gets to pick me up at um, at the airport. I'm coming back. And so I'm arriving like 11 or 11.30 on Sunday night. And my daughter said, I volunteer in tribute. I said, you realize that you just compared <laughs> picking up your mother at the airport <laughs> with dying <laughs> like with death. <laughs> Thanks, honey. That's really funny. So <clears throat> thoughtful. So thoughtful. Yeah. Big shout out to Moonlight. Oh, wait a minute. We can't say this because the show, we don't know when the show's going to come out. Oh, no, it's going to come out soon because we don't have a lot oh. in the can, huh? That's right. It's going to come out, like, well, today pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're actually pretty much up to schedule. All right, good. So, like I said, big shout out to Moonlight. I love Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> he was in blackface in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, how old do you have to be to get that reference? <laughs> I think I'm barely old enough to get that reference, right? Yeah. The Bruce Willis movie? Yeah, the oh, Bruce yeah. Willis yeah, yeah, reference. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With, uh, what was the woman's name? Um, Sybil Shepard. Sybil Shepard. I had a crush on her until she got older. Till she got older? That's sad. I know. It's Dude, you got older with her, you know. I know, <laughs> I did. So who's seen Moonlight here? Yes? No. no. It's on my list. I have. Oh, you mean the movie now? I yeah, the movie. I'm back the to, yeah, you know, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm to the movie. It. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Was it? Bruce Willis is not in it. Yeah, it was really, really, really good. Unless you're unless you're homophobic, then it's not a very good movie. And I'm not, so there you go. Okay, good. It's on the list. Yeah. It's Boy, yeah. I, I'll yeah. tell you one thing. Um, Mahershal, Mahershal Ali, who is the guy who won. Yeah. Um, he won best some, Supporting? Was it Best Supporting Actor? Was it Best Actor? Sorry, Mahershal. It might have been Best... I don't know. But anyway, um, <clears throat> he is amazing looking when he takes his shirt off. I actually saw him. He reminds me of Remy in House of Cards. He is the same actor. He is? Yes. Oh. Same actor. I, like, <laughs> I could, I like, maybe I didn't have my glasses on or something, and I was like, 
I think I've seen him naked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Down to the buns. And in House of Cards, thank you for saying that because I didn't remember the name of that movie. I never do. But in House of Cards, when he takes his shirt off, holy moly, he's cut like a mug. Uh, that means he's got a lot of muscle. Are you sure? House of Cards is the Netflix series. Yeah, with uh, yeah. with uh, yeah, uh, Kevin, Kevin, Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I would thought so. I was like, damn. Yeah, right? He's <laughs> if one that's buff not the same person, person, they're pretty damn close. Mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. I like him. Anyway, the reason why I brought up his cut looks is because the person on the, as a guest today happens to be a fitness trainer. <laughs> Look at you! Oh, oh see, I didn't, even, that was just, I didn't even see that segue coming. <laughs> I, I caught s- it just at the end. I was wondering if you guys were like, why is he bringing up Moonlight? <laughs> no, I didn't see that it at all. It was a, uh, a w- w- wild goose chase to the transition. <laughs> <laughs> Mike DeVivo is owner, operator, and maybe co-owner because it looks like his wife is in this game too of vivo training systems now uh, uh tiny house listeners you may be wondering why the hell are we talking to a fitness trainer on a tiny house podcast well it just so happens <laughs> that mike <laughs> and his his wife uh whose name is oh there it is jasmine has decided to build a tiny house and um it is it has a fitness theme it's got a full gym in it apparently <laughs> with like was it and on it. And on it. Exactly. And on it. So, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm not. I'm not as cut as that guy. Have you seen <laughs> that guy with his shirt off? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's pretty amazing, huh? <laughs> One of my clients sent me a picture, and they were like, "I want to be that cut." Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! And I was like, "We got some work to do." <laughs> Put that beard down. Exactly. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to start out saying that Mike is the real deal when it comes to fitness. Not only does he have, is George Washington University? That's a pretty prestigious university, isn't it? I'd like to it's say so. East Coast it makes me thing, feel right? better about my I think, my tuition. Yeah, it's an it's an East Coast <laughs> reputable school. Is it is it an is it a historically black um, university? I do not. I'm definitely not. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, if you walk on campus, you will not think that. Oh, okay. Actually, poor George Mason or George Washington. Anyway, um, he's got a master's degree in public health and communication and marketing, and a bachelor's of science in health promotion. So he really knows what he's talking about when he's talking about fitness. We're going to grill him on tiny house building in a minute because he is building it by himself, and maybe he's not as good at fitness as he is at tiny house building. But the other thing I wanted to bring up about uh, Mike before we get into the questions is, and we're going to dive into this too. He lost a hundred pounds at nineteen years old. So um, yes, Mike was a big young man and then became a slim young man. And now he's showing other people how to go from big to slim. I like that. I'm going to I'm gonna have to steal that from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Everyone. trying to use as many um, metaphors with tiny as I can with fitness, too, by the way. I saw I'm working that. on it. So if you guys think of anything... Throw it my way. Oh, someone give me a pencil and some paper. I'll come All up right. with a few hashtags while we She'll go come along up some here. Mark, yeah. will certain, Mark will probably come up some too because he's pretty freaking creative. Well, hashtaggery is strong. Hashtag what? Your hashtaggery. Oh, yes, his hashtaggery. Oh. Yes, his hashtaggery is strong. You can tell we're all oh, in the studio. We're all over 50 because hashtag we just didn't register. Except Michelle. She's <laughs> not over 50, so. I might have made the word up. Okay. Hashtag. I don't know if it's actually a cool phrase or not. Okay. It, it, is sounded, now. it is now. Yeah, exactly. It sounded cool. There's already a conference built around it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, Mike. Oh, look. There's the website. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, how did you get into uh, – why did you guys decide to live in a tiny house? 
Um, hmm. How deep do you want me to go? As deep as it? you want to go. We got okay. 45, 40, 42 minutes. Okay. So, um, mostly it came from this idea that we wanted to be in a off-grid and sustainable housing structure. When I first ruptured my Achilles tendon about eight, eight years ago, and I was stuck um, just watching whatever I could watch on my bed because I was bedridden for about two weeks. And we stumbled upon this show called Big Ideas for a Small Planet, I think, or something like that. And we saw a couple of prefabricated homes that we really liked. Mm. And since then, it had kind of been a bit of a dream of ours to design our own home and and actually be off-grid, which we are not right now, but we're working our way towards that, I would say. And then uh, that kind of went by the, by the wayside for a bit until about a year and a half, two years ago, when we were living in our townhouse and we didn't want to renew our lease again and we wanted to be closer to family and we were thinking about uh, home ownership and where we live in in northern virginia this is a pretty booming area where everything is extremely overpriced and it just wasn't in the cards for us to be able to afford something like that like what we wanted and the land and everything else so we were trying to kind of hack the system a little bit and figure out what we could do when my wife proposed a tiny house and the rest is kind of history i would say so then we went went deep into looking into it and found some really good builders and then tried to design it with our ongoing philosophy that the environment you live in is going to shape your behavior and we want our behavior to be super healthy wow so so did how did Jasmine find out about tiny houses back then? Gosh, um, I want to say she was just looking online. I want to say uh, a picture came up on Facebook or something like that. I do remember us looking at, I think you interviewed them recently, uh, the guy from Tiny House Spoon. Oh, yeah. Great. Guy. We were looking at a lot of pictures, things like I that. that. And then one. She, she, my wife is an avid reader, so she ordered some tiny house books and she was actually the one who tried to convince me at first, and then I went hog wild on it after. She pretty much just gave me a bone, and I ran with it. So I, I don't remember what was the first real impetus, honestly. Huh. Are you um, are you on a, a headphone with a mic integrated to the cable? Yes, indeedy. Okay. We can hear the scruff rubbing against your microphone when you talk. So can oh, you hold that it? That would be my beard. Yeah. So I'll okay. try not to actually shave, please. My beard that much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, I was actually we'll wait. worried about that. <laughs> so, so did you did you two build it build it yourselves? You said you went to look at builders. Yeah. No, we did not. We designed it ourselves, and then we went to a small town called Barnardsville in North Carolina. It's near Ashburn, and we uh, found some builders there that we really liked uh, their designs and their their methods, really, and their personalities, and kind of everything turned out really well with them. They're they're from Blue Ridge Tiny Homes, and we wanted to find some builders who had a little bit of experience, but not a ton, 
and kind of showcase them because of our plans for getting some media attention with our tiny house because we knew if we got some media attention with our tiny house it's all part of a master plan by the way if we if we got some media attention with our tiny house we could um get more attention to our business and kind of mold both worlds together real well nice and the show we were looking to get on was on hgtv so they like they had a bit of like a resume that they were looking for for people who were on the show and they liked focusing on new builders and so that's one of the reasons why we looked for new builders as well interesting the process of designing a tiny house is rather pretty intimate, um, especially when you're quite literally starting with the trailer up. Um, can you talk about the the discussions that you had? Did you were you very formal about it, um, making a list of everything you needed and must have, oh, yeah. or were what was the discussion like at that very very beginning space? So we first kind of broke it down into how much space we would need, what size trailer. For example, we were thinking about different trailers and then we were looking at different builders and what trailers they were used to using. Um, and so that was part of our criteria because we wanted we wanted a 24-foot trailer, at least, I would say. And then we also wanted to look at, because of that size of the trailer, how much freedom we would have with moving the house because the houses tended to be a specific weight once they got past 18 feet. Um, we were looking at, uh, bedrooms, how much sleeping space we were planning on having, which we now have our first child in our tiny house oh. and maybe even our second child, um, for a couple of years. We don't know about that one. We'll see about that one, <laughs> but, um, we wanted to make it so our tiny house could fit around that type of lifestyle. So we had a lot of design, uh, with the lofts and a lot of design criteria with the downstairs area. So the seating area where the table is and um, how we have the storage with that. We also have it set up right now so it can be like a giant crib for our daughter as well. And oh, we had a bunch of criteria. I could go, I could go on. Was there any that. point in the conversation where you disagreed with about something? Um, come on. We know the story's in there somewhere. No, it was all rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> and unicorn uh, parts. No, I would say there might have been some, well, actually, there was, I was really surprised at first, but in retrospect, not so much now, how much my wife wanted a full-size tub and a separate uh, toilet area in our tiny house because I was thinking that we would have it super minimal stand-up shower maybe even one of those things where um the toilet is in the shower area and oh wow a wet bath vice versa um because I'm more of a, a shower kind of guy but but uh my wife made a good point where we're we kind of call ourselves mountain hippies in a lot of ways so um one of the things she wanted to make sure she could do is she wanted to make sure that she could take baths while she was pregnant and maybe even labor in the tub. And she wanted to make sure that she had a big tub to do that in. So um, that was like non-negotiable 
at some point. And I, well, right at the beginning. Really. <laughs> at some point. No, right at the beginning. Yeah, right at the beginning, <laughs> actually. Now I think about it. But it actually it actually turned out really well. And I'm, I'm really happy with the way we designed things. And she was using the tub the other day, actually, at the, at the end of a long day. I got home from work early, grabbed the kiddo, and she took a nice bath and came out a lot nicer person on the other end (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's quite the sacrifice square footage wise though um i mean that's it's pretty unusual and it's a bit of a sacrifice and interestingly enough it's a conversation i just had with my boyfriend two days ago oh yeah Um, i'm building my second tiny house which is a teeny tiny Mm -hmm. and he's like Uh i don't understand why you need the separate bathtub and the separate um, granted, it's a tiny bathtub, but it's a bathtub nonetheless, and he was trying to push me in the direction of a wet bath mm-hmm. as well, and I was like, eh, I'm just not feeling it. Well, if somebody's taking a bath, they don't want the other person to come in and take a poop while they're taking the bath. That yeah. was actually a big argument you, point, yeah. Yeah, you got to separate the toilet from a bathtub. Now, a shower is not so bad, I would imagine, but sitting in your bath water and someone coming mm-hmm. in and leaving the room, you know. Stanked up. Cool. Yeah, it's not cool. <laughs> Kind of, kind of kills the whole ambiance. It does. <laughs> I don't care how many candles. You have. I was just gonna say, my it doesn't matter how many candles you have. I think that's what the candles are for. But yeah, I, I um, actually um, so we were we were going around and around about that, and then I I came home and voila, look what was on my front porch when I got home, my bathtub. Oh, oh, nice! Yay! Awesome. So we were thinking about. Um, well, I was thinking about. She was never thinking about it, probably. But I was thinking about having one of those um, because we have a very woodsy theme with our tiny house. Um, having uh, kind of like those horse troughs ones. Yeah, I really like the ideas of that, or like one of those deep um, for, wooden for... wi- wine barrel type. Oh ones. yeah, oh, nice. yeah, yeah. Where you like those. sit up in it. Yeah. I like the idea of that, too. I looked at those as well. Um, Mine's going to be a short-term rental, though. So Mm -hmm. as far as being able to clean it and and as far as how well it would wear, I wasn't quite sure. But, yeah, from a design perspective, those are really pretty nice options. So what would you settle with, Mike? Well, we went with, gosh, probably about a a four-and-a-half-foot-long, five-foot-long tub, Uh, I want to say. Pretty pretty darn deep and uh, with a shower head kind of in the same oh. area oh cool so you take your yep. shower in your tub yep take the shower in the tub cool. um and at some point what we'll probably do actually which will be even weirder to a lot of people but i mean it's a tiny house so everything has to have multiple functions probably going to make it so um we have a little stand-up desk um wooden piece against the wall there that will that we can flip down and i can do some stand-up desk work right there too in the bathroom? In the bathroom, yeah. Oh, but there's no <laughs> toilet in there, so it automatically becomes kind of like an office. Exactly, exactly. So we, we might make some of that space office space. Just stand-up desk-type space, put the iPad there. Interesting. Because I, like I like doing a lot of work in the second loft, which is... Did you guys did you see that the second loft has a climbing rope to it? No, we. I, I, I see one, only one picture on your website, and then... Um, I think I saw it on the show, though. Pictures. I haven't if seen you, the show. If you go to the Instagram, oh. you can see a lot of pictures. Okay. The fitness tiny house. Okay. Um, but there's a rope that goes up to the second loft, and I really like going up there a lot. But um, sometimes I like standing when I'm doing. Well, and how would you training. go? How would you? How you'd have to be pretty fit to go up a rope with a laptop under one arm or something, right? Well, I Is can, that like I can a, just 
kind of heave it up. Well, not heave it up there. That would be <laughs> but there's a way to climb onto. I climb all over my house basically, but there's a way to climb onto the down to climb from the downstairs area up, put something up there, and then climb up the ropes. That's how it usually goes. And it's and then a when rope, I come not down, a rope ladder. It no, near the rope. edge, climb down the rope, rope, grab it off the top. Do you think how so? How long do you got? So you you've got a child, so that mm-hmm. and you're going to raise the the young one in the tiny house, and you're thinking of raising a second one. Mm-hmm. So when I say raising, I mean in the next probably about keeping them in there for about five or six years. Well, that was going to be my question. How long are you expecting to live in there? Yeah, about five or six years, I would say. Our our um, loan that we got for the tiny house will be paid off. Probably in about four years, but then we want to put a lot of that money into savings towards um, either an expand, an expansion type purchase or some land type purchase in the future. What do you mean by expansion purchase? Uh, expanding the tiny house? Well, one of the things we were thinking about was expanding the tiny house, but the more we talk about it, um, we really like having people over. Like we do this thing in the summertime where we're rearing up to do it again in the spring starting in the spring uh, this year, where we call them out-outs. And they're workout cookouts, where we have a whole bunch of people over to the the gym at that point, which is the exterior of the tiny house. And it's, it's free. We just write up a workout for everybody. They come over, work out, and then we have a cookout afterwards, a little campfire and everything. And so we want to we wanna be able to continue to have people over and – Maybe put a little bit of a living space in something like a converted barn or something like that where we don't have um, plumbing, so to speak, but we have insulation and we can maybe open up the big barn doors to be open air, but then close them in the wintertime. Maybe have a wood stove in there, do something simple like that. So we'll have a big space for gathering and maybe other activities that need a little bit larger space when the weather's not right. But most of the things we do outside is I'm sure you guys know a lot of tiny house people do, but we'll rent out venues. There's a couple of venues nearby in the, even in a small town, there's a couple of old stone houses and schools that are super cheap to rent out. So we'll rent those out and have a whole bunch of people over and hang out and go to a dance or something like that. So you do a dance night. So you actually do, your ch- client training at your tiny house not all of it but yeah we do totally where yeah. is your tiny house we are in percival small town percival virginia i'm sorry which is i'm sorry i didn't ask that? that question very well i meant to say is it in the country or is it downtown or oh it's in the country it's mm-hmm. definitely in the country so we're on about 88 acres of family farmland wow and that 88 acres was bought by my wife's grandparents uh, a long time ago. And then they split it up between their five children. But only about 20 of those acres is where the five children's houses are. And then there's huge fields um, where there's horses and cows. And then there's just a couple of just huge fields, basically. Um, and we are near my wife's parents right now on that land because it makes for super easy babysitting right now. How many, how many clients do you have? Well, um, I have 
let's see, we have about 36 active online training clients right now. I also work in D.C. and uh, the nearby suburbs area where I have another probably about 25 in-person clients. Well, in-person slash online. Sometimes I use online training as what what some people would call a sales funnel. So people who I know need to work out more often than they see me or want to work out more often than they see me or a lot of my DC clients travel a lot. We make it so I check in with them every once in a while, either on Skype or in person. And then we do the online training where they have their whole program and I can stock them Facebook style mm-hmm. with, with our app. <laughs> very, very cool. So the tiny house, <clears throat> since you're going to be in there for five years or less, it seems, um, mm-hmm. are you going to maintain the, the fitness theme when you try and sell it? Or are you going to change that rope for like a ladder? Or, or... I don't know. Cause I don't know if we're going to sell it exactly. Or if we're going to, um, do like an Airbnb type thing with it. Yeah. One of the, one of the top ideas right now I have with it is doing an Airbnb type thing. Um, I don't even know if we're going to sell it. We might keep it as kind of a halfway home for our, for our kids too. I really like the idea of having something like that for, for the boomerang effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's very smart. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, we might do more of a Airbnb type theme because of this area right here. There's a lot of booming going on in, in the wine industry. Hmm. So there's small towns, not really any nearby hotels or anything like that. And so we might just, might just make it so it's an airbnb and you have your own little gym there and if you might throw in a workout or something like that do a little destination type theme hmm. who knows i want to highlight real quick for the for our listeners um <clears throat> when whenever somebody sells their tiny house especially one of the more famous tiny houses the ones that you know we've seen on tv there's always a bit of um uh, a bit of chatter about, oh man, another one bites I the was dust. Gonna, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. man, mm-hmm. all these people, man, they just get lucky, and the television show gives them a gives them a house, and they <laughs> didn't properly, you know, analyze their needs, and then they just Dumped discard it, it yeah. you know, da da da. So, I just want to, yeah. I just want to highlight here. You, you've touched on a couple of things that I just want to make sure that we kind of sink in. Number one, tiny houses really are a really, really valuable tool for transitioning. Um, you know, you talked oh, about yeah. transitioning into a family, into a young family, but you're fully acknowledging it's probably not going to work once you have two teenagers kind of a scenario. So um, yeah. they, they really hold a lot of value, not just, you know, as a granny pot in the backyard. And then, and the second thing also, again, you just touched on, and that is just because we don't live in it doesn't mean nobody gets to enjoy it. I um, That's why I'm building a second one too, is for uh to help other people to be able to, uh, you know, have that experience as well. So I wanted to highlight that, that I felt like you were really um, being responsible in your acknowledgement of it as a transition house, not necessarily a forever home. Oh, yeah. And to your point, um, part of your question earlier when when I said how deep do you want to go is the fact that um, while we were able to achieve a lot of our ideals with the tiny house in the story I said when, we were thinking about building one and getting one. The thing that really cemented it for us was the fiscal and um, lifestyle 
um, freedom that it gave us. So once I figured out that we could get our tiny house built for us just the way we want, and the hardest part was really getting it damn loan. <laughs> I could go on about that, by the way, because I think people really need some help with figuring that out. Credit unions are awesome. Small credit unions, local. Um, but we were able to take our rent that we had in our townhouse, cut that in half. Um, now, we are staying on land pretty much for free because it's family farmland, so yeah. I do have to give that caveat. But it would still be probably gosh 75 percent of what we were paying into rent that where that money was going nowhere um that we're actually paying on our quote unquote mortgage for our tiny house a mm -hmm. four-year five-year mortgage mm -hmm. where we can be closer to family we have we own it basically and then it can be something where we can use it as a transition to saving up money and buying something that we really 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 want in the future and it has so many options once it is paid off too that we can play around with and the resale value i bet you is much better than a lot of other um structures that you would get in this area well it's interesting because mark and i were looking at a um newspaper uh, online newspaper article where actually it was d and uh d williams their mm -hmm. their consulting organization is putting on a workshop here in portland and, oh, cool. and the local newspaper did an article about the workshop, and the comments on this article were just... Full of haters. Full of haters. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I don't either. I don't get it. Live and let live. Seriously. But the people were giving like advice for people even contemplating living in a tiny house. Don't do it. So many people live in there short term, and then they get out of there realizing it doesn't fit. And just some real acerbic comments, speaking to Michelle's uh, point about this potentially temporary nature. I wonder how many people actually live. I wonder what the longevity of a tiny house liver is like mm -hmm. on average, how long does a person live in a tiny house? Well, there's still a lot of data to be gathered. So many of us, myself included, are, I mean, I guess living on the down low, mm -hmm. right? We're mm -hmm. not, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, I live in a tiny house, but I'm not giving the world my address, mm -hmm. you know? So there's a lot of data to be, to be gathered. Um, we just don't know. I mean, that's, but again, what we do is we extrapolate, however, the people that are attending the workshops and the people that are going to the various events and mm -hmm. those crowds are getting larger. So while we do not know how the exact numbers. How long do people numbers, live in their current homes? Like, honestly, how long do people, or people live in their condos or do that's people a live good in their question, townhouses? Mike. You I, know, you, you probably move about every five years. Yeah. I think it's like seven years. Yeah. A lot more often. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so, a generational question, though, too, in right, that I right. think, you know, our grandparents even, they would settle in the old farmhouse forever. But I believe that the millennials have no intention of that at all, you know. No, no, no. no. And I think a tiny house a lot of times for millennials for my generation is actually a really good fit for that type of lifestyle because you're owning your own property. You're probably going to pay less than your rent or mortgage, depending on how much your tiny house costs, of course, and the, and the competing rent or, or mortgage in the area. The risk is much lower, although the banks would tell you the risk is much higher because they're afraid of anything being on wheels that can just run away from them. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of things where I'll talk to friends and family where they're telling me, oh, I would love to do a tiny house, but I'm worried about this, 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 and this, but I'm also barely able to pay my bills 
and having all these other issues that a tiny house would alleviate. That, well, like, it's funny for the What are your priorities? The, the banks say the risk is higher. It's higher for them. Exactly. Not for the buyers. They exactly. want you to have something that they can go repo and kick you out of yeah. if they need to. Yeah, exactly. But, but when you go to longevity, I mean, go back to the 2030s and 40s and maybe a little bit of the 50s, they're called mm-hmm. bungalows and shotgun mm-hmm. shacks. Mm-hmm. And that's just what people lived in. They yeah. weren't tiny houses. That yeah. was just where you lived. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, right. too. It's, it's like the difference in finance between a luxury car payment and a house payment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much the type of loan we got. We got a <laughs> we got a car loan, a luxury car payment loan. Yeah, right? exactly, a luxury car payment yeah. loan. So tell tell which us, which will be great for my credit later, which I'm kind of excited about. Oh, good, good. So tell us about your experience with the financing and the banks versus the credit unions. Well, um, yeah, the banks. I mean, long story short, I jumped through a lot of hoops and sent them a lot of paperwork and. It's really hard, actually, as a small business owner and a contract worker to explain how your income is steady but not all at the same time, you know, because there's there's seasons as a trainer. Right. And a good example of that is just think about how busy a trainer is in January versus June. Yeah. Um, So that was that was uniquely hard for me to get a loan for that reason, just because we had to show. Uh, steady income each year but um, the other thing was that they didn't really have a lot of experience with tiny houses did they have any Hmm? did they have any not the ones we we went to and um, while I think SunTrust now has a has a small what they call light stream kind of side bank thing. I don't even know what the correct term would be, but um, they're doing tiny house loans now, I heard, and we tried to get one through them, and the biggest problem was um, the in- the income, the hard to verify the income. Yeah. But when we went to a credit union, actually near where our builders were, they had already had experience with those builders, so it made it a lot easier for them to make another loan. How did they, how did they justify? So it, the, it sounds like the biggest problem you were having with the banks was your income reliability. What did the, mm-hmm. what did, how did the credit union view that? How did they view it differently? Um, they just made a really, uh, long contract with a bunch of stipulations and making sure that any kind of, um, I guess issue that arose was, was covered I see. more. So they were just more so, flexible. Yeah, they just, they just, I don't know. They just made a lot more stipulations. Like for example, it's a, it's a small, it's a luxury car type loan, for example. And we are getting a lot of offers now from other um, banks and credit unions to refinance our loan. Mm-hmm. But we ha- we had to sign a contract saying we weren't going to refinance our loan. Oh, interesting. Because all those all those other banks. And um, whatnot. All they see is that luxury. They don't know it's a tiny house. Their computers are just kind of <laughs> spitting out. Oh, he's got this much rate. We can offer him this much rate. He should switch with us, <laughs> and we can get his money. Um, interesting. We can refinance. So they closet. knew that was going to happen. So <laughs> very interesting how that banking system works. Yeah. Right. Well, that's curious because you would think that they would want a certain. Uh, because don't they price it per square foot? I mean, not I'm on sure a luxury s- car loan. It's just the value oh, of the car. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the mm-hmm. market value of the car. 
Did but they that's based on NADA, though, still. What's right? NADA? National Association of Dealerships. Probably, but, well, it's a credit union, so they can be oh, a little more. That's true. They can know, be super flexible. It's, yeah, it's members right. instead of being owned by whoever owns banks. You want to finance a saddle? Exactly. A $1,400 show saddle. Okay. Here's a 19% loan. So, so Mike, did, did the credit union require you to promise to keep it in one place, or are you free to roam? Speaking Zach. Hmm, that's a good question. I should probably look into that. <laughs> Before I'm you move sure. to Mexico. I'm not sure. What's your mail well, no, not what's your mailing address? How because it's <laughs> because it's movable, I mean, right. where do they send your monthly bill yeah, to? Yeah, where that's a good question. We have a P.O. box. Uh, so we just have everything sent to our P.O. box. But um they don't send the bill everything digital for right. the bill pay. Yeah. Awesome. So Yep. It works out pretty well and um, do a lot of front-facing kind of relationship building, I think, to make them feel a lot better about it because they, even they were a little worried about when they looked over our income, they were a little worried about that too. So, mm. did, they come look at the, did they come look at the tiny house? Um, not until after we had it all said and done, huh. actually. But... One of the things that, oh, now I think about it, one of the things they did make us do is they made us do a larger down payment for the tiny house. So that was actually a, a stipulation. So we had to put, our tiny house was 72000 and we had to put down um, 12000 Oh, wow. Right away. So an upfront, like a like a mortgage down payment, but a car payment loan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a high Exactly. Rate. So a little bit of a change of subject. I'm a I'm one of those big meanie mommies. Um, I from the day my kids came home from the hospital, they slept mm-hmm. in their own bedroom in their own bed on the other side of the house. Uh, mm-hmm. When they woke up, you know, I would get the baby monitor thing and I'd go up and take care of them and then go back to my own damn bed. Um, <laughs> in a tiny house, however, how has that? Talk a little bit about the your family dynamics now that you have uh, an infant. Uh, the dynamics between your wife and yourself. Has your relationship improved? And how has the baby coming along uh, affected your your perception of your decision to go tiny? Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> where do I start? We were probably actually the exact opposite in that respect. We're like, my wife grew up in a... I I would almost call it a tiny home until I knew what tiny homes were. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> she grew up in a small old uh, farm home that used to be just a um, cabin that was expanded out. And uh, she grew up with two other siblings. She had to share a room with her siblings for a while. Her mom was probably the first person to go organic in town <laughs> um, one of those <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and they just roamed the outdoors until um until nightfall nice. pretty much with with their cousins and their family members on the land and yeah. they were homeschooled in, in a kind of like a montessori style where they would um go to different teachers in different areas and had a large homeschool network so um from the get go we have taken a very very attached uh parenting approach with she's six months old now her name is Zena 
named after the warrior princess. Warrior princess. <laughs> and um, she's she's with us at, at almost all times. We're carrying her as as much as possible. Um, it kind of goes a little bit with our with our training and movement philosophy, honestly, that uh, human beings we believe were meant to be carrying their children um, for long distances and were meant to have a strong carrying capacity. So um, if I could, I would probably walk to go get my groceries and walk back with her in one arm and my groceries in the other arm. Wow. And and, uh, probably sleep with her as close as possible, although mom sleeps with she sleeps on uh, mom's side of the bed right now, and I know that's super controversial, which we're fully aware of. Um, but I could I could cite a good bit of public health data that could support that, just not in developed nations. Why is why is that controversial? Oh well, I mean, um, hmm. well, you could roll on the baby, for example. That's the big fear that you're gonna that you're gonna roll onto the baby and you're gonna suffocate the baby. Has that ever happened? Um, what do you mean, like in history? Or yeah, at our is house? there any? Do- not at your place. <laughs> is there any documentation of the mom rolling onto the baby and killing it? In in underdeveloped uh, nations. Well, that's what yeah. he said. I know. <laughs> yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> there's a lot of things that happen in underdeveloped nations where you don't have the resources uh, to really make the environment safe. Um, the way we have it set up is that we have a queen size bed in our upstairs loft. And then we have a little uh, padded bed right next to that queen size bed in the corner there, um, which she's almost getting a little too big for now. But she sleeps on that. And then if she needs any um, food in the middle of the night from mom, um, mom will feed her, put her right back. Sometimes she'll have a tummy ache, so she'll lay next to mom because it's more comfortable for her to lay her on her side. And then uh, when she's feeling better, she put it right back onto that. And we try and keep her from being uncomfortable and crying for any period of time. And usually either breastfeeding, changing the diaper, or going for a walk fixes almost everything. <laughs> but we do Sometimes do a lot of three. other kind of health-centric <laughs> things with her. So Right on. Well, And this is our first child, so... We're not like super experienced. I'm not saying I have all the answers either, but it seems to be working thus far. The second one will be in the doghouse outside. Exactly. (laughs) Hey, I think I hear something out there. Well, it'll be in this little metal cabinet on the side. Oh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mike, it's been great talking with you on the show. Thank you very much for being here. We had a good good time listening to your stories. Wow, Um, it's been time already. Yeah, we're actually a little bit over time. We're good. Who? Go ahead. So before we sign out, I just want to give him the opportunity to uh, give a shout out to his website and uh, let everybody know how they can, how do you want all your throngs of fans to be able to reach you? Oh, um, I guess just go to the website, www.vivotrainingsystems.com and you can see updates on our tiny house and you can figure out if you would be into doing online training with us through our app. Awesome. Cool. And I guess I don't need to say who we're going to be with next week because it's going to be the next one that comes. But they don't know that when they're listening. Did we want to read a review or not? 
And I do the yeah. review from our yeah. listeners. Yeah, we have yeah. Yeah. Go leave us a review. We may read it on air. And there's been a few coming in. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yes, let's do that. <coughs> do we need to do we need to promo the more to get more in? That's where, yeah. So so you guys, listeners. You, you listeners, um, we're we're reading selected reviews on the air, and so it sounds like, according to Mark, that some people have gone ahead and made reviews. So if you want to have your review read on the air. Make a review on iTunes, is it? Yep, on iTunes. Give us how many stars? Well, whatever you Twelve. want. Okay. Give us one. <laughs> give us five. Make fun of us as much as you want, please. And, and then we will selectively Not me. read one. <laughs> she has a fragile persona. I do. I have a fragile ego. I get It's okay. They're always making fun of me or <laughs> criticizing me. So let's have it. <clears throat> All right. This one came in. Uh, meet, the, meet the Real Tiny House Nation by Tiny Houser. This is one of my prime go-to podcasts when out walking. I love both the levity and depth of the interviews. I already live in a tiny house, so I'm not looking for inspiration as much as awareness of where the movement is going. I love getting to see personalities and the stories of people on the journey we share. Perry, Michelle, and Mark, I feel as though we're friends. Thanks for the podcast. Wow. Yay. That's really substantial. Thank you, cry. Tiny Hauser. I know. God, cry. Tiny Hauser. That's awesome. Well, and I bet while you're listening to this, you're walking right now. So, Mike, give her some tips on how to walk. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> walk more efficiently. Yeah. Actually, he has a blog post, Don't Go Walking. Uh-oh. It's interesting. But we don't have time to talk about that, Mike. Great having you <laughs> on the show. Um, tune in next time, listeners, for another fascinating, deep, what else did she say? Insightful. Tip. Analysis of where the tiny house movement Isn't going, is going because we're just trying to keep things going. Period. <laughs> exactly. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 